0: in order to become a better film director, a better actor, a better person, uh, I have to go back to the basics, go back to craft, you know, go back to watching films and analyze them. You're listening to the Adventures in Filmmaking podcast, the show where we share the stories of independent filmmakers, the challenges, successes, failures, and why so many of us are compelled to tell our stories with motion pictures.
1: Hi, Dimitri. Thank you for coming on to our podcast. This is Adventures in Filmmaking. And my name's Julian. And I'm Jason. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Um, for those of you that don't know, Dimitri is a, is a good friend of mine. And we met each other when I was working on my very first film that I've mentioned before called The Silencer. And uh, it was a pretty integral part of me as a filmmaker because it was my first, I'll put in quotes here, professional film and uh, it was a pretty ambitious film and so Dimitri thank you for being here uh, why don't you give us uh, an introduction about yourself and uh, what you do as a filmmaker
0: yeah for sure well first off thank you for having me on this uh, wonderful podcast uh, and uh, just taking the time like with the the new year is starting soon and hopefully it's going to be a good one for all of us and uh, very late Merry Christmas for everybody as well. Yes, and to you, Merry Christmas. <laughs> to talk a bit about myself, uh, I grew up in Lebanon. Uh, I came to Canada in 2006. Um, but before that, I uh, I grew up loving films since I was a kid. Uh, like the first film I ever watched in the cinema of Beirut, like vividly, was Antonio Banderas and um, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones Zorro. Uh yeah, and that was actually that what uh, that's what inspired me to like stunts and to be more involved in stunt work and stuff like that. And yeah, and uh, since we're talking about the silencer, I was uh, also an actor and uh, the stunt coordinator for that short film as well. Which uh, it's funny to see how it ushered in kind of thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And when I uh, when I came to Canada, I. I did theater in high school and people were telling me, you're so funny and like, we, you should continue in that. And then I just uh, continue like studying at the Cégep de Lutawé in cinema here in Gatineau. And um, then I, I, I moved from cinema to the theater again at the University of Ottawa. And now I'm and uh, since i graduated in 2018 i'm creating my own projects as well and i've been fortunate enough to send my short films to multiple film festivals and winning awards for my short films for the scripts that i wrote but uh, i recently got uh, humbled about my filmmaking skills recently so i'm just going back to basics and watching more movies studying them in order to become a better uh, actor a better film director yeah. and ultimately a better person as well
1: mm mm-hmm. uh so why don't you walk us through because when i met you uh i knew uh, you, you, when we did the silencer you were still in uh university of ottawa
0: yes yes i was yeah. still uh, a theater kid at the university of ottawa yeah yeah I vividly remember our
1: meeting because <laughs> we we had our meeting in uh a Tim Hortons. Yeah, that's true. We were quietly auditioning you for, uh, for one of the, for the role um, of Francis. And uh, that was when we found out, oh, you do stunts as well. And it went great because, uh, you know, it's one of the things I'm very proud of in that film was being able to do a fight scene. And which is, you know, for a first film, a fight scene is pretty, you know, pretty ambitious but uh, I digressed there a little bit. I wanted to know uh, because for a while you were doing more acting. What what pushed you to move into directing? Because uh, I remember when you made Screech. That was was that your first film? Uh,
0: yeah, it was my first uh, horror short film, actually. Yep. So okay. uh, basically, uh, what pushed me uh, from going to acting into directing was that uh i was and it started a bit in segep actually screech is not mm-hmm. my first short film actually uh, no. the um, so basically when i was in segep uh, i saw yeah. most of my friends uh, uh like to be honest the experience in segep it felt really going back to high school kind of thing yeah. where everybody had their own groups of people and i was kind of left out on my own and mm-hmm. um basically everybody was hanging out they were doing their own projects they were sending yeah. them to student film festivals and getting recognition for them as well and uh, i felt like my voice wasn't being heard by other people mm. when i was still in seget so that's too bad yeah that, that's true and basically you know the, the 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 thing that bothered me a little was that um when they When you were teamed up with other people and they were they were like assigning different roles like, oh, I'm going to be the director for this short film, I'm going to be mm. this. I was always put as the sound guy and that was like the equivalent of being, of playing goalie, of like, you're the last guy picked for the team and you're playing goalie. But well, especially because you want to do the more creative stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, uh, in Sejep, C- C- I was kind of still shy a bit, but then I saw that everybody was like like uh, doing their own films and speaking out and I said to myself... I have a voice. I would like to speak out. And the -hmm. first short film I ever did was like, it was really simple. It was like a karate man and a ninja fighting off a bunch of gangsters. Mm-hmm. Which was really basic, but it took me a year to finish this three-minute short film. Mm-hmm. That because people were dropping off left and right, and right, you sent me that when you were uh,
1: auditioning for the silencer. I, I think I remember that because you sent me one that, a film that you were in, uh, and I think I remember you sending me that because that was sort of what led me to want you to do stunt coordinating.
0: Yeah, I, I believe so. It was really <laughs> a bad, a really bad experience. Like the yeah. the, the actor I was working with, uh, mm. I ended up just giving him footage for his demo reel that I'm sure he yeah. didn't use. And like um, the, the editing, there was a problem with it, too. But it was my first short film. But then it snowballed into other projects like I did a music video for... Um one uh, like a family member of ours she sings in a Lebanese choir in Toronto and I did a music video for her and I knew uh, someone in the Ottawa film community his name is Kerry Chalmers uh yeah he has a very good camera very nice DOP he's been studying film for like he's been teaching film for like 35 years and he he knows his stuff and yeah we after we filmed this project in 2017 uh, fast forward to 2020 three years later it comes out on a television network in Lebanon uh, oh, that's awesome and yeah and after that it just snowballed with Screech and other projects and stuff like that But it, so that was this experience that pushed me to create my own projects but I'd say yeah. to myself this industry is really competitive as well Like mm-hmm. you can't just stick to just doing acting It's and I just found out recently that the easiest thing that I can do without thinking about it is telling stories. Like I can rabble, like ramble and ramble about like, oh, this thing happened today to everybody, and I can create my own stories as well. So that's why uh, I was I found directing really appealing, and writing stories and telling stories through film. So that's how it came about. Nice,
2: nice. Uh, I want to. Yeah, this is actually kind of jumping ahead. While also coming back to something you said earlier, uh, in the, in the introduction you mentioned that that, that you were humbled recently, and I wonder if you can expand on that because I remember, I remember seeing a post uh, you put up, but it wasn't it wasn't full of information as to, as to to
0: what what went down and why. So I'm I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so basically, I was at the uh, DG60 uh, networking panel for the, okay. the DG60 Film Festival, and I was looking at the panel that Maisa Maisa Huri was doing with, uh, uh, talking about like diversity in the film industry and that kind of thing. So. Uh, uh, it it kind of, after this discussion that they had about like giving opportunities for other people and stuff like that, uh, it just, um, it made me have a little bit of, res- of perspective on my work and also like on how to treat other people in the community. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's other, a lot of people, like, we have a lot of good creators and a lot of good talent here in Ottawa, like I mentioned in the post. and. I feel like with the experience that I have learned for for doing like uh acting and filmmaking for about like 3 to 4 years I have something I can bring to the plate and help people who are starting in the industry to maybe like um like have uh, like being successful together that's what mm-hmm. inspired me but also there was a second thing not only that uh, I was speaking to um uh, there's a guy, a producer, uh, named, uh, Amir Zorgara, uh, maybe botching his family name. I'm so sorry, but, uh, oh, I'm good for, I, I worked with him recently. Yeah. And Amir is really, really good. He's really down to earth yeah. and, uh, he has experience. He has worked, he has done very like professional work with other people. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I was telling him that I'm currently working on a short film. Uh, not the one that I recently did on YouTube, it's called Sorry Gotta Go, it's something else. Mm-hmm. And it was a script that I, that I wrote called A Happy Place, and I'm mm-hmm. seeking funding for it in order to make it into a professional short film, in mm-hmm. order to send it to TIFF, uh, Tribeca, that kind of thing. That's what mm-hmm. I'm aiming for. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, he asked me a lot of questions that I didn't necessarily have the answers to because I kind of put this project on the back burner and I was focusing on other stuff. But uh, he told me like, uh, you, you would I told him, I would like to send this short film to Cannes Film Festival and stuff. And he, and he asked me, uh, okay, the, did you watch other films at Cannes? And I, I didn't, like I, I told him, no, I didn't, mm-hmm. that's the thing. And he told me, okay, what are your, your favorite directors? And uh, I didn't I didn't even have an answer to that either. I just had the first <laughs> thing that popped into my mind. I was like, uh, okay, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, David Fincher, uh, Christian Bale. No, that's, he's, he's yeah. an actor. I'm sorry. No, you know, so that's kind of thing. So I kind of got humbled on that thing. And he told me, you, you do realize that, like, for Cannes, you have to make sure that your film is, like, 15 minutes plus credits. And, like... Uh, And I like basically I got humbled by these kind of things because he has more experience Mm -hmm. than me. Right. And it kind of put into perspective in order to become a better film director, a better actor, a better person. uh, I have to go back to the basics, go back to craft, you know, go back to watching films and analyze them. And now recently I, I was watching like The Tree of Life by Terrence Malick. It's one of my favorite films. Oh, my God. The, the soundtrack of it, it's still stuck <laughs> yeah. in my head, like, right now. Yeah. And the, it's in my top, like, three favorite films. It's it's crazy. And I recently watched, yeah. like, Silver Lion's Playbook. Um, yeah, it's good. It's really, yep. really good. And uh, I'm just, like, watching one movie after. Like, I'm looking at all the the movies that made it into these film festivals and trying to yeah. understand why they made it and why is it so good and what I can incorporate into my uh, my directing, basically, and acting. So
1: that's actually a good uh, segue because one of the things that Jason and I talk about a lot is, uh, uh, I and by the way, I had this realization about film festivals recently as well and I had a similar experience, um, but uh, one of the mistakes that a lot of filmmakers do is they submit to, you know, all these festivals, but the thing about these festivals are you need to be strategic in why. Okay. So one, why you're submitting to festivals and be like a lot of these festivals have uh, themes every year. Like uh, it, it's kind of like a, a game of chess in a way. And I I think what's really important about submitting to festivals is you have to have, like, a goal. Like, so uh, you have a very noble goal in in submitting to TIFF or Tribeca because there's there's something great about that, which is you can get a Telefilm Canada grant if you've gotten into one of the big festivals. Uh, And that's, like, one of the goals that Jason and I have is uh, submitting to these name festivals like TIFF, Tribeca, Sundance, whatever, because yeah, there, you can get grants a lot more easily to move yourself into as a feature filmmaker. If you've gotten your film into
0: one of those festivals. Yeah. The, <clears> wow. Yeah. That That's, that's interesting to know, actually, like once you start, yeah. then it kind of snowballs. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh no no that that's that
1: was just a little like a little aside. In fact, you know, there's uh it, it's it's had me thinking a lot about film festivals and there are thousands upon thousands of film festivals and uh one realization that I had cuz I used to submit to lots of film festivals. Um a lot of them aren't worth submitting to in the sense that it's better to have a few laurels from bigger festivals than like 20 laurels of, uh, you know, these monthly festivals. Uh, and like, like you know, with my film, Sand and Stone. Uh, Which was a very you know, good
0: movie, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but even, you know, with that, uh, Silence or Sleep, these other films that I've done, I always used to like submit to as many festivals as possible. And I had to come to this... Kind of hard realization where it's like, no, I think it's more, it is better to work my way up to the point where I feel comfortable submitting to something like TIF or something like that with a strategic goal of, you know, being eligible for grants in the future.
0: Yeah, most uh, most definitely. Like I had that realization. I'm submitting. Sorry, gotta go to uh, new uh, like uh, film festivals recently. Like uh, so far, I'm I'm a little bit anxious about the the short film, so I'm just trying to um, just send it to at least like fifteen film festivals, see how it does, and then if it continues to to do great, then maybe I'll submit to more. But recently, I was looking, um, and you know what, Film Freeway, which is nice, is that you have like different categories you can apply to so okay it's a short film it's comedy and uh you know um and i like to to expand my horizons a bit like i like to um like send it to film festivals in in north america in uh, australia you know just to have this a varied kind of fan base but I, i get what you're saying like i was doing my research and i was finding out that like okay what do i get from this festival like Okay, Uh, I might win 50 bucks if I end up in third place, okay, I might have to split it between my six crew uh, and get like, what, eight bucks for each people and like uh, that kind of thing and or just like, okay, Oh, uh, with this festival, I might get the chance to go to this conference and learn more about this thing and distribution. Well, that's
1: what's important, actually, is is the networking and panels that you can get into from getting. I think that is the the number one thing from a film festival is the networking you can get from it, Um because it's it is far more valuable than an award, and because you can network with these people, and you can you can meet these distributors, you can meet these people, um, and you can learn kind of what they look for and. Once you're there, your name and you talking to them, that is someone that they've met. And, like, you are not just another face anymore, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, I was uh, a while back, I was watching, like, the master class of Shonda Rhimes on TV writing. And she said that, like, Hollywood, basically, they think it's a big world and stuff like that. Not really. It's Like, people work with people they know right it's a very small kind of circle because like people work with who they know they know who is the best at what they they do so that's that's why like uh, that's interesting to know that such a big uh like place like hollywood usually just is really basic kind of thing where it's like oh we just work with uh, it's a circle of trust kind of thing
1: i also think it's really important for filmmakers to Look, one of the harsh facts about when you're submitting to film festivals is you're gonna get declined.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh I that used to depress me, man. Like Yeah, like, that's when, true. You know, my films were not getting in and it took me a while to realize it's actually one of the biggest takeaways is like do not get depressed when your film doesn't get in. It does it has nothing I mean some uh, maybe sometimes it'll have something to do with the quality of your film but it has most of the time nothing to do with that. It's some sometimes it is just as simple as well your film was great but it didn't quite fit the overall theme that they were, you know, they get thousands of movies and sometimes a theme is built kind of around the the films that are in there and it just doesn't sort of fit in with that. And I think especially for new filmmakers don't don't get depressed when your film doesn't get in. It's it is just a, it's a little bump in the road, and there's still a lot more you can do in your journey.
0: Most definitely, like I was talking to you know Rahim Baharani. Yep. Yeah, I worked with Rahim on one of his uh, short films where I was playing a blind guy, and but he was uh, he got like upset because he made it to DG60. But he didn't win any awards and stuff like that. Mm. And I told him, and people in the crew were telling him, like, look, this, like you were saying, it's just a bump along the road. Your film is great. Like, the soundtrack is beautiful. The uh, the story is nice as well. Like, and even for me, like Screech, for example, uh, like when I got the awards for Florence, uh, like those two awards uh, in Florence and stuff like that, even at TINF uh, in Toronto. I got rejected 34 times at other film festivals before I got those three awards. So it's the only thing you have to do is keep on going. It's the same with auditioning as actors. Like we get uh, like once you're first starting, uh, and I still have problems with that as well, like rejection and stuff when you go to auditions and you don't make it. Well, it's never fun getting rejected. Yeah it's never fun but uh, it's part of the process and you you're just gonna uh, if you're passionate about it you just have to keep on doing it that's that's what it is Uh, at some point it's gonna it's gonna work out for you definitely um
2: i mean as far as i mean i i think i'm gonna uh, address two things the first is the last thing you talked about which was the you know, not getting not getting a gig after an audition, and I think you need to remember it's not a rejection, because it's, it's not like they're like ah oh, we saw that guy and 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 screw that guy, it's more like we're looking for something specific, and mm-hmm. these fifteen people didn't have what we were looking for, it's not a rejection, it's just, it's just it's just not a right fit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, uh, it's it's really true what you're saying, like, uh, for example, like sometimes I would get like auditions for commercials and it's the same people that mm. like audition me for that other project that I didn't get. So kind of they, they like what they, they're seeing. Yeah. Right. So basically, you just have to keep going and uh, eventually they'll find what they're looking for in what you mm-hmm. do. Right. Like, you've, like uh, uh, there's another masterclass I was listening to a while back, uh, the one from Helen Mirren yeah. on acting. And uh, she said, like, there's nobody like you in this world, and you belong somewhere, which I find mm-hmm. really inspiring. Yeah, it is inspiring. Mm-hmm. And... Um...
2: I want to come back to the just wait a little bit into the into the film festival uh, conversation because I have plenty of thoughts on on film festivals first is strategy and that comes back to what you guys you guys touched on briefly and as stated there's there's thousands of film festivals and as you you said you you know with with one film you you didn't get into 15 of them or, or something like that whatever the whatever the case is and my problem with film festivals is one first of all is the cost is that you know okay well here's my here's my 15 dollars 20, 25 35 40 dollars for you to to see if I'm good enough for your festival and if I don't get in that's money that that's money gone okay i have i have a problem with that with that uh, first of all especially and this is part of a larger conversation is that you know in in our sphere t- we we refer to it as no budget but there's no such thing as a no budget film it it doesn't exist because just the cost of of craft services is it, that's budget but when you submit to film festivals that's not a separate thing that is that is part of your film's budget and then you get into to an ethical debate over okay, well I can't pay my actors, but I could come up with a thousand dollars to submit to, to to fifteen festivals, and I got into got into one and got an award statue. I mean the the return on the return on investment and the return on time uh, isn't there. So I, I fundamentally have a problem with festivals in that sense, especially smaller ones, especially especially monthly ones. Because what do you get out of a, a laurel from, from something no one's heard of? From, you know, who's its friggin' festival?
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like, that. that's the thing. You, you gotta have to do your research. It's more than just like, oh, hey, I'm gonna submit to this festival, this festival, this festival. Ooh, TIFF, let's go there, you know? <laughs> it's it's not as easy as it sounds. And, like, the return, like you said, it's not the same. Like, for example, for... Um, and now I'm not like uh, saying this to, to shit on any of the film festivals that I applied to. It's just like for example, I applied in Florence. Uh, I got an award in Florence a Film Awards, and I was planning to go there with my crew. But then COVID hit, and we couldn't travel anymore, which sucks. But uh, the thing is, uh, they uh, like they had the decency at least to like because I bought tickets for the um the event to attend the event as well and that's like not included in your submission right you're not automatically oh i'm submitting you're not guaranteed to come at uh, the screening you some festivals will charge you to go at their screening which kind of like why I, I i'm submitting your film and i <laughs> yeah. got officially selected for it. you have to buy it why ticket. would i
2: pay to come yeah, and yeah okay see yeah you. yeah you gave us you, you gave us money to watch your film, and now we're charging people to come to our festival, and and you have to pay to come watch your own film. That makes no sense. Yeah, that
0: that's stupid. And like, uh, there's another thing about it is that they told me since I couldn't come, they said, oh, you can just reverse the tickets, and we can, um, because what you can do at the festival, you can, again, you can pay for an interview <laughs> that they can put of you <laughs> online. Or you can pay for uh, a statuette of, like, you know, Alexander the Great <laughs> and stuff like that to give you the statue. Oh, you won an award? No, anyway. yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, pays for the exactly. award and the shipping. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, that's what it is. What and are you the, doing, guys? The amount was crazy. It was like $300 for a statue. Oh, wow. Like, of this, of the, the length of my arm. Like, that's... And, and you know, the thing is, is, like...
1: Okay, when all that's said and done, great, you have your statue, and it was well-deserved, but where did that get you? You know, like, as a filmmaker, I'm not saying you specifically, I mean, like, I've been there too, where I've gotten a statue, and I, you know, I've gotten the laurel, and it, you know, it doesn't get you anywhere because of these small film festivals, they don't have the networking, they don't have the panels, they don't have the industry events, that, you know, the bigger name festivals too, And I'm not even a huge fan of the bigger festivals either, because when it comes to, like, TIFF, Sundance, and all that, then you run into a lot of it is nepotism. It's like, oh, we're just going to choose the bigger directors, and, you know, this you know Steven Spielberg's net niece made a film while well, she's going to get into cons because well she's Steven Spielberg's niece and you know you you, you run into a lot of that at TIFF cuz like I've been I went to TIFF 5 years in a row and the really? thing I can tell you is that a lot of the films 90% of the films were from already established directors and almost None of them were from directors that hadn't been established;
0: that were new, fresh faces. Yeah, that that is crazy to me. Like, uh, it, it's already hard to get into that business, like, of filmmaking and submitting to festivals, but. It's it's really hard to break in, so I, I hate that kind of thing of that kind of favoritism. To yes, these people they have paid their dues, they they have made films as well like that. But and the thing that um, like I was looking at DG sixty in the the networking event, they were speaking about. Okay, people don't want to hire other people because they have lack of experience why don't they give more mentorships opportunities for people to get to that level of experience yeah
1: that is a good point yeah
0: that's the thing we need more we need more mentorships we need more like people want to break in want to work in this industry of ours but like they, they they need to they need to to learn their craft properly in order to do it right, um, I want
2: to swing back around to festivals, just because we've been on this for a while. But I want to, I want to bring up one thing, and cause it, it could be an interesting topic of discussion, and that is, because uh, you got me thinking about it when you said, you know, oh well, you know, okay, I won, but then they wanted me to to essentially buy my award. Now, that is ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's not actually what I what I want to talk about. Uh, what I want to talk about <laughs> is uh, part of the reason that. And look, there's nothing wrong with a small with a small film festival because a festival itself is, is a cultural experience, especially for people going to it. So, don't think I have a problem with small festivals. My problem is with the culture festivals have engendered, and that is that in the '90s, when you had people winning film festivals and getting careers, your your I might be wrong on some of the names, but your Link Letters, your uh, your Finchers, your, your Rodriguez, your your Tarantino's. All these people came up in a time when you could win a, a, but it had to be a big festival because there there weren't nearly as many small festivals then, anyway. They won a big festival and they got a career. And what that has led to is all, too many of us nobodies, as it were, trying to get in a film festival because it's it's like, it's, it's like lottery ticket mentality. Well, if I win the festival, I'll get my career. And that doesn't happen anymore. That doesn't happen to 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 big people. That doesn't happen to the best films. If you want to sell your film, you got to go to a film market. Yes, there are there are still exceptions where people win fe- win a festival and something great happens to them, but that's not the case anymore. But these festivals keep engendering this idea that well, if you win, you'll you'll just you'll you'll go places, and then they, they take your money and they take your film sometimes. And I have a huge huge problem. With ones that are like, well, okay, well, you can submit, but you can't show your film. We we basically have exclusive rights to your film for the next six months to a year, and I'm like, uh, to to hell you do, you don't get you don't get to take my money and my intellectual property.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing, right? And. I, Again, yeah, I don't. I, I didn't realize this is going to be a, <laughs> a huge <laughs> film festival discussion. Well, Jason and I have been talking about doing a podcast about this for a little bit, but uh, I, I again, it all comes to. You have to be strategic in why you're submitting to festivals because, yes, they can be a tool. And, and like I said before, you know, it's the networking and it's the events, the, the industry parties and stuff like that, because that, those are all there and those are all useful tools. Um, uh, One point that I made to Jason the other day was... I don't know about you, Dimitri, ever since you signed up for Film Freeway, but do you not get, like, a million emails from, like, these mm-hmm. f- festivals all over the world? Because I certainly do. <laughs> I get, like, a million emails. Jesus. Where it's like, you know what? Yeah. If you're it's emailing true. It's true. <laughs> hundreds of thousands or millions of people, you know, from, based on a mailing list from Film Freeway, I don't know if that festival is worth submitting to. Because... <laughs>
0: Yeah, 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 no. I looked into some of those fe- film festivals, and some of them have been running for what, like, one, two, three years. And I looked into what I do sometimes is that I look on Film Freeway what they what they offer in terms of like, okay, the this one has maybe a panel on something. I look at their website too to see like, okay, if uh, like on their website some some of them which are really good, they put your film like with the trailer and a description and it shows you like and some of them they even give like your social media on attached to the film on their website so they can yeah yeah, so people they can look up uh, your work and stuff like that but some of them they just put the title of it on their website yep there's nothing no links maybe yeah no no stills no production stills no nothing it's just Oh, it's just your name and your, your movie. That's it. Oh, mm. Laurel. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, no, yeah, you're good. That's
2: actually uh, that's something I hadn't considered, and I'm actually glad you brought that up, Dimitri, because, yeah, cause it, it gives you an idea of which festivals which festivals, uh, give and take and the ones that just take. That, like, hey, we're a festival, so you owe us your film, and, and we call all the shots versus, okay... You've submitted. We get something out of this. Let's make sure you're properly promoted, or at least, at least, at least set up a situation where people who view your product can't have access to you. And yeah, you know at what, least. You know
1: that exclusivity that comes. You know what that comes from, right? It it, it again comes from this whole. Uh, the, it comes from all the big name directors that are submitting. They want the exclusivity to be like, oh, it was a Sundance premiere, but. And that's all fine and dandy when you're Steven Spielberg or you're Richard Linklater or Robert Rodriguez. But when you're smaller trying to, you know, trying to make a name for yourself or trying to become a, you know, an an established filmmaker, that exclusivity can hurt you. Because, you know, like Jason and I were starting, you know, we were starting a YouTube channel and -hmm. that's going to be our main priority. Well, we're, we're almost straying away from film festivals because of that exclusivity. Mind you, there'll be a few that we've talked about that we have strategic plans for, but that exclusivity is specifically because they want that. They, it's almost like they want that chip on their shoulder saying like, oh, well, we were the ones that premiered this person's film first. Yeah, uh, Dimitri, I I thought of what I wanted to come back to. Um, it was
2: the whole thing about rejection, about because we talked about the acting thing, but then about the film festival thing, getting rejected from those, and yeah. I I I kind of forgot what I wanted to say until I just remembered. Now is that <laughs> it's also an understanding of of what of what festivals are because a festival is a business, and it's their job to get to get butts in the in their theater seats for their for their festival. Which means that if something fantastic comes along, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter. Look, let's face it: the content doesn't matter; the names matter. Which means they're go- they don't just assess the film; they assess the social media presence, how how well known someone is in the industry, et cetera, et cetera. And those are factors in the decision making process that that one people aren't told about, which you know, which is a problem because. You're not getting rejected so much as you know, I guess maybe rejected <laughs> sorry um, but the fact is they they are gonna go after the ones that are gonna get that not only butts and seats but get the festival itself the biggest return so that means if if a bigger fish than you or all of us comes along they're gonna get the spot regardless of regardless of the quality of our films
0: yeah it's um it's, it's crazy to me. Like, I'm uh, I'm looking into, like, for for example, like, the film of Patrick that, that made it to DG60 and that won, like, the best film of the festival. I was looking at it and I was analyzing yeah. it. And, like, it's just... It, ah i don't know it's like uh um this movie is super super good and the themes are really relevant to the 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 like where we're living right now right and uh like if you do the same thing like you were saying to other film festivals like your movie you make sure that your movie is great the story is great the everything is super balanced it sucks that nobody actually cares about that they actually care about the popularity aspect of it like for example i was watching um the uh, the con press conference of tre- uh, the tree of life where they they were talking to brad pitt and jessica chaston and all the uh, the producers that worked on it uh, it's just a sh- well uh, no surprise most of the questions were to brad pitt you know because he's hmm. he's the top yep. three biggest movie star in the world um well into it in 2011 i'm not sure <laughs> yeah. right now uh, what is the case i'm th- yeah definitely, definitely not right not. Right should, now, it's but, like i was yeah. listening to it and i was like don't you have questions to the other people that actually worked on this movie i mean it's pretty big like you made it into con you yeah, made it into con It went to the academy awards as well like just being like just the fact of being nominated to the academy awards if that ever happens to me knock on wood i pray to god that it happens i am. I'm, I'm gonna like shit bricks that's that's what's gonna happen like I don't care about winning. Just making it there. I just want to make it there. That's it. I don't. I don't want to like winning. Will be great, but I just want to be to that level. I want to be at the same level as these people. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That that brings up a good
1: point, which is um, again for me. Uh, there's look, the laurels fine and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it's. It, I think what's more important than anything is: Did your film speak to people? Did it? Yeah. Did it break through the barriers of, you know, of these people? And did it? Did it make them feel something? Like okay, and I, I'm not really. I don't really like to to. Not not brag isn't the right word. I'll bring up sand and stone mm-hmm. because when I look, okay, so. Digi60 is a local film festival that we have here. I don't like calling it a film festival because it's a competition. Yeah. Because. Uh, yeah, it, it, is, it is absolutely film competition. Mm. Which is fine. It's fine. But uh, so uh, I, I made the Digi60 that year because I, <laughs> I had people hounding me every year. When are you going to make a film for Digi60, when are you? <laughs> So I was like, fine, I'll make a movie. I'm going to do it. So <laughs> I I sat down and uh, look, admittedly I made a, an extremely personal film about, you know, the damaged relationship with my father and uh, it was semi-autobiographical. Um, and when I was watching it, I heard the audience and I heard them kind of sniffling and I heard them reacting with the punches of the film. And that to me was far more valuable then, look, obviously, I'm thankful for the award. I won the Best Film Award. I attended TIFF online that year, again, because of COVID. Uh, But the most important thing to me was, wow, I really... I made a film that spoke to people, and, you know, if you can... If you can do that with your film, I think that is the most valuable thing that can come out of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I remember, uh, since you mentioned that, I remember yeah. like uh, I was still at Sezep at some point. We were finishing mm. our our studies and we were doing like our final films. And at the to graduate, basically, you have to make a final project, either a short film of ten minutes or a documentary of ten minutes. And basically, uh, there were other, like my friends, they made like this kind of uh, detective kind of short films where there's a murder and there's like two, uh, it was a parody of a detective movie where like two non-good detectives try to to catch who the murderer is. And basically, there was a, at some point, there was a, something funny happened in the movie and people were were laughing. And after that moment... You can feel that like at first uh, when the movie began uh, people were, were kind of okay they were like doing other stuff while still paying attention to the movie but then this funny thing happened and they were hooked kind of you can feel it in the room that they were hooked and like they and it's it's, it's this thing you you try you need to try to see if you can hook people for a certain amount of time and try to keep it. It's like fishing, basically. You're trying to, like, be patient and, like, and uh, by making films that, like, uh, attract people, that people can relate to, that can hook people through laughing, through drama, through anything like that. The medium of film is so amazing. Like... The, um... This is gonna be the last thing I say on festivals. Like <laughs> okay,
2: go ahead, go ahead, and, go ahead. At... And- and, and I, what I want to say is that when you decide to get into filmmaking, mm-hmm. you have to make a decision on what, what kind of filmmaker do you want to be. Do you want awards and laurels that, quite frankly, you end up paying for, mm-hmm. through most of these anyway? Or do you want to be a good filmmaker that tells stories that impacts people and potentially changes lives? I, for one,
0: have far more interest in the latter. Yeah, me too. Like, at first, when I was starting in filmmaking, uh, when I was, like, really, really young, and uh, I was just, like... Uh, when I was still a kid, I was. Th- I think at some point uh, when I was in high school and stuff, I told myself this is what I want to do because of all the the glamour aspect of it. Because people were telling me I was so great and I was going to make it far and stuff like that. Which I take the positive aspect of it. Like I take it as encouragement. Mm-hmm. As you should. Yeah, know. of course. Uh, but like the... Um, um, basically, the, the popularity aspect of it now is uh, because it doesn't make sense to me because I know that this popularity can be bought,
1: yeah, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not even worth it. You're not even, like, getting awarded for the the hard work that you... Well, you, in a way, yes, you worked hard on your film and you're getting awarded for it. But if it's all nowadays, it's all a popularity contest, why even do it? Like I want to do, like Jason did, I want to... I want to impact people. Mm. I want to inspire people to make them feel something. Like yeah. you know, once mm. people watched Screech, and there was a scene where, like, I was literally like getting scratched on my chest. Mm. People were like going, Ugh, uh, what is that?" That was gold to me for some reason.
1: Hey man, <laughs> I like that.
0: I liked that. Yeah. Um, through that, there was some kind of reaction, and even like Vincent Valentino came to see me and he told me like i really love your film because well i think vincent really likes experimental stuff like he does yeah and mm-hmm. that's what kind of like inspired me to continue filmmaking is just saying do the things that make you happy like that is such a good point uh it's mm-hmm. it's
1: being authentic to yourself like be authentic in your storytelling you know be true to yourself and all the rest is supplemental
2: be authentic. Tell the stories that you want to tell, that you want to see, for the right reasons. Because if you try to make something for the market, or if you or if you make something because, uh, for example, sex sells, mm-hmm. you're doing it for the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah, uh, it's like Jordan Peele says, I am simply making movies that I would go to the movie theater to see myself. Here's here's an observation that I have, and I learned this about myself, which made me look at the not just the Ottawa film community, but filmmakers in general. And I think this this happens when you're an early filmmaker. But the observation I had about myself was, I used to just make films for just for the sake of making them. I would come up mm-hmm. with something, and I'd be like, Yeah, I want to do that. And I think that like look obviously there's value in still making a film because you you learn lessons, you 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 craft your skill set, you get better at certain things. But when, you know, Jason and I were teaming up more and more, you know, I was realizing like, "Oh, no, I want to I want to start telling, you know, stories that that I want to start telling stories that not only I would want to hear or watch or whatever, but I want to, you know, just tell stories that come from my heart or, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a drama. Like you can tell a heart wrenching or dramatic story through any medium, if you want through comedy, through horror, sci-fi, whatever. Um, But yeah, there was that shift in my perspective where it's like, yeah, And I realized a lot of people, it seems like, were slash are where I was at, where it's like, I'm just making a film because I want to make it. This is just the thing I want to do today. And uh, when you see a film that comes out of the woodwork, look, you can under, you, I'm sure you've seen a film where it's like, wow, that was super impactful. That was powerful. And it was authentic. And that, those are the ones that, you know, stand out because, those are the filmmakers that were telling something authentic.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, um, and it's really a big process. You really need to, t- if you want to do something great, uh, you need to take your time with it. There's the the triangle. I don't, I don't know if you heard of the triangle where it's like, uh, there's uh, like, um, like cheap. Uh, I don't remember now. I have like a brain fart. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. But like uh, the triangle basically says like cheap and uh like cheap, uh, good, fast. Yeah, that's what it is. Good and fast. Yeah. So, like, if you wanted to do something uh, good and well, if you want to do something good and fast, it's not gonna um, it's not gonna be cheap and like uh, you know, it's gonna. Um, if you want to do something good and cheap, it's not gonna be fast, right? So you need to do something like take your time doing the the this. If you want to do something really great, like take your time doing that and stuff.
2: The uh, so we we we've, we've gone on quite a quite a long chat about festivals and whatnot. So I want to want to bring it back to you, Dmitri. And um want to talk about Screech. And I'm going to I'm going to say something first and I, and please don't get offended by it. My first pass on Screech, I didn't like it. I watched it and I'm like, oh, I'm not really into it." But then I watched it again. And I watched it a couple more times and it really started to grow on me and I could really I mean, I got, you know, and there's a this could lead to another conversation that how art is subjective. You know, I got something out of it that may not have been what your intended message was, but I but I still got something out of it. So tell us about tell us about Screech. How did it come about? What were you, what were you? What were you trying to say, and how was the how was the whole process and experience? Yeah,
0: honestly, the whole process was really smooth compared to my other short films that I did, and uh, um, <laughs> like the crew was super great. I worked with Shannon McClellan, I worked with Tyler Pope, which is. Uh, He's a blessing. This guy is so great. And uh, I, I worked with Ben Bergeron as well. Um, and they're, they're very good individuals who like making films. And basically, I was uh, I, I attended Kino Ottawa in um, uh, September. And they were revealing the, the, the theme for next month, which was Halloween and horror and stuff like that. So... Uh, I was thinking to myself, okay, I, I'm thinking I want to submit to, to Kino see uh, like uh, it's been a while since I did a short film I want to do something and uh, Because I never like horror is not my first choice when it comes to watching movies and stuff <laughs> I like most I like uh, martial arts action movies. I like uh, drama. I like comedy. That's mostly what I what I, what I like so I was thinking in my brain. Okay, I might have a story that comes out of it, and uh, and one the theme that stuck out to me was social media, that that just came into my head. So I was like, okay, and I kind of like those short films where like you can only there's like very fast cuts and you only hear like sounds and stuff like that. It's really kind of an mm-hmm. immersive experience kind of thing. Well, I tried to do something um, similar in a way, like showing. Basically, it's the story of a couple who you see them, there are different stages of their life, right? Uh, Basically, like, and everything is so fine and dandy, and then there's a part where it's like really gruesome and violent, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I did that is because I was watching. I got inspired through Snapchat as well. I was, uh, I was looking at the global mail on Snapchat, like those little articles. And there's one mm-hmm. article that says Ariana Grande was wearing this beautiful dress at the VMAs. And then you click to the next article and it's basically, Father 72 chops off the head of his two children in front of his <laughs> wife. Like, <laughs> oh, I see <laughs> it's that, just, yeah. What in the hell? How did it go from this <laughs> to that? And I was like, okay, <laughs> that that was something. So that what inspired me a little, just to show yeah, that, like, like a people are so yeah, yeah. so people are so envious of celebrities, like looking through their phone. Oh my god, they have the best life. My god, yeah. his wife is so hot. I bet he has the the hottest sex he can get every day of the night. Yeah. But like. Uh, you don't know these people or their lives you're just looking at a snippet of what the curated version of their life yeah exactly yeah that's what it is and like I said in my speech at Kino like uh, these people could be serial killers for all you know and like (laughs) you know so that's what inspired me. And you see the kind of difference between the two because the happy moments are stop motion, yeah. mm-hmm. which are pictures. And we did it the old-fashioned way too, with pictures, like pick, mm-hmm. pick, pick, not the video cutout oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, And uh, and the gruesome parts are in video, which okay. they capture the real movement of the thing. So it's like a real life kind of thing. Mm. So that's why I tried to... I, I'm not sure if you got that, or did you get something else?
2: Um, I, I, don't have, I don't exactly have the words for it, and that's that sounds weird. I mean, it's more of a feeling yeah. I got from it. That okay, yeah, like the, this is this is the <clears throat> the development in in a relationship and how it can go go one way or another. Okay, well, yeah, because it be, be because of as you had, you had the positive and the gruesome side, right? Like okay, you know the, you know. Because I, I felt like you were telling two stories.
0: Ah, okay.
2: But this is but this is the interesting thing, and this is the thing that I love about filmmaking and storytelling and, and, and how sub how subjective the art is because, because we all view it through our own lens of life experience. So your intended message may not be the message mm-hmm. I get. Which is fine, because because that makes it, it it's it's so much more rich. And you're like, okay, because I mean, as, as the creator, it, you know, i there must be some interest there to see how, how are other people perceiving your work and did they get the message you want or did they get something yeah, else?
0: Yeah, th- that's, that's really interesting to me how people, they, they came up uh, with like different meanings for, for the things that you do. It's, it's really, that's what I call, well, <laughs> I'm again, being humble and still learning and becoming a better person, uh. You know uh, if if that happens i think you have something called art there right so if like people have different interpretations of a thing that you did uh, to me it's called art but again you um uh, i'm still learning and doing all that stuff right well the other thing too is if
2: people are forming an opinion that means they're mm-hmm. engaged like, especially struggling, like, I mean, an opinion besides like, ew, I didn't like that, or yeah, it was fine. Like, you know, those are, those are feelings, that's fine. But I mean, to, to really look at it and be like, okay, I see that here's the message I got. And yeah, they engage with your, they engage with your, with your creation. And that's, that's, I think what we all want more than anything. Yeah.
0: And it's not everybody who's going to give you like constructive criticism. It's like, I don't like it because this or that, they just say, oh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's,
2: yeah, that, I, I, I can't do anything
0: yeah, with that. Like <laughs> so, sometimes it's like music, right? You listen to certain music, uh, because it's a vibe thing, right? Because it fits with your vibe of the day, or because it's such a good beat that it makes you dance, that kind of thing. So it's um, uh, sometimes it's a question of timing too. Like there's a there's a music uh, the, um, like there's a song I'm listening to right now. It's very good, but because I overheard it so much, now I'm getting tired of it and I don't want to listen to it anymore. Or like, oh, I'm feeling depressed today. I turn on this song and I feel, like, super joyful, right? So I feel like a film, they do this kind of thing, right? Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it has
2: the impact that you ideally want it to have. Uh, so I want to, can you talk about Screech? Two things I want to say. I want to talk about your cast, but I want to talk about, I want to talk about Tyler first, very briefly. Because we all know Tyler. Everyone knows Tyler but I feel like he gives too much of himself to everybody and he doesn't he does not get the returns he deserves he's not making his own his own products and I feel like especially Ottawa locally there's got to be 50 people that owe him enough time and effort to make a feature film yeah
0: definitely I I agree with that too and I feel like I'm I'm kind of the same in the same vein uh as this because like uh I like to help out people like I have some people that reach out to me that says, oh, I would like to help you in your next production. And uh, I have some friends who reach out to me and same thing. And I, I would like to help, definitely. I'm-, I'm willing to give my time to do film with other people. And it's- it was the same thing with Sorry Gotta Go, like the recent short film I did. I feel like everything was so rushed. Like uh, I was doing it for a road reel. Uh, the the competition and I tried to make it and uh, my God mm. they, they they had so many things you right. needed to do for that competition you needed mm-hmm. to do a short film of three minutes a behind the scenes of three minutes you had to put it on YouTube send it to this guy and then like uh, I didn't I didn't even have time <laughs> I I did I tried to find a date where everybody could be available and it was the eighteenth of October and the deadline was the twentieth. And they, I, I couldn't, like, I, I would have to make, like, a sleepless night to finish everything. And uh, <laughs> the, and what was confusing, too, is that they, they didn't have, like, the Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, the deadline of the Eastern time. Uh, they just put, like, the, the Australian oh, they just time, did. Pacific time and stuff like that. So right. I was very, very confused on when I should submit it. And uh, I ended up saying, you know what, uh Sorry, guys, well, we're not going to make it to Road Reel, but we're going to submit it to other film festivals. Yeah,
2: because,
1: look, you, you still you still have a product mm-hmm. that you made after. <laughs> yeah, like, this, the end result is you've made something.
0: Yeah, and it's you know? just like, uh, it, it was one of my friends who wants to get into acting that said, hey, let's do a movie together, because she always says, like, oh, I want to be in a scene with you. I want to act with you. I want to do a project with you. And mm-hmm. uh, we've been talking about yeah. this for, since the get-go. So I said, okay, maybe this is our chance. And I already have a, a, had a script that was ready to, to go, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like in this business, you have to wear many hats, you know, because uh, like no you have to do different kind of things, not like, yeah, you're focused on one primary thing that you would like to do. But like it's nice to see what uh, what uh, what else do you like to do as well? Like uh, mm-hmm. for example, for me, I recently since I recently discovered that I like telling stories. Okay, I can do it through film and I can do it in writing. So you have two different things now. You have writer and director, and I really love stunts as well. So you have stunt coordinator again. So you have all this um, this package that you have. It's really it's you in a way you, it, like people are afraid kind of thing of um oh i'm uh i'm not true to what i want to do that's why i'm doing these other things i don't think so no i mean like all these things can i feel like all these other things can help you elevate to the thing that you want to do primarily mm.
2: no i think you're i think you're right um
0: yeah I think it's really to take a chance like me uh, like the first short film I ever did it flopped and like I, like I told you but uh, I took a chance and I learned from it and it only snowballed from there in my other projects so it's really uh, it's just uh, to take the leap of faith well right? I mean you're we it, it
2: it's the chance you take when you put yourself out there that that that's not gonna mm-hmm. be received the way you want it's 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 a big risk but if you're willing to take the chance and 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 accept that, and do it for the right reasons. Do it for the reasons you want. What I meant to ask about was uh, was Shannon, because uh, I actually went to school with Shannon. Oh, okay. Yes, so I've I've known her for for many years. So how did uh,
0: how did that casting come about, or did you already know her from somewhere? Uh, I did know Shannon. Uh, well, I didn't I didn't know her before, <laughs> and uh, uh, I was just trying to find. Uh, A person that would be crazy enough to pour, you know, corn syrup with, (laughs) with like liquid and stuff like that on herself. And she was really adventurous. (laughs) She was up for it. Um, And uh, I told Mm -hmm. her about the story and stuff. And I asked other, uh, other actresses in Ottawa and some of my friends even to, to come and help me out. And they weren't feeling too comfortable with the idea. And, uh, and the the one thing that I like to stress on my on the sets that I'm working on is really I want everybody to uh, to be comfortable so they can mm-hmm. do their best work like uh, if there's something yeah. that bothers them I want them to share it with me so we can work something out and find a middle ground or not yeah. do it not do it at all and do something else that's that, that's what I, I want to people to be comfortable and relaxed in order to Because that's uh, how the the best out of people comes out. It's when they're relaxed It's the same Mm -hmm. with acting when you're relaxed. It comes out naturally you listen more you uh, And everything comes out uh, super crispy, right? And that's what happened with Shannon to go back to your question Mm -hmm. Uh, she was willing to do the project and she was willing to drive from Smith Falls to to get to film the the movie, and I was super super grateful that uh, she was uh, really into the idea of doing it, and and you know my God, I, this poor woman, I just like poured liquid <laughs> on her on her clothes, I uh, I just <laughs> I splattered her face with cake, like god. <laughs> like she she took it like a champ though, and she was super willing to do these kind of things, and I'm super happy how it turned out though.
2: Actually, I actually do want to say that that I think that's uh, the mark of a potential, either currently great actor or potentially great actor, depending on where they are in their journey. The yeah. ability to go for it, and and this brings up a different topic of conversation, uh, unrelated to to any of your stuff. Someone else was making was making something, and they were looking for for male actors, and the people. This is this not my project. This is just a, a anecdote I heard. Right. Is that they're looking for? They're looking for people to play, uh, you know, some some gay men, and a bunch of the actors are like, well, no, I'm I'm not playing gay. I'm like, hey, well, then you're not an actor then, because <laughs> My God. because yeah because one yes your body is inhabiting this character like you're you're portraying this character but this character isn't while you're on screen this character is inhabiting you it's not you and and if you can't if you can't make that that um distinction then maybe acting isn't for you
1: i agree with that and uh, you know i i know what jason's uh, referencing there and it's it's you know what's important about acting is you are literally yeah you were putting yourself in someone else's shoes and that and whatever that is that whatever that means for the character you're playing it means you give it your all, and if it's kind of pathetic that someone turns something down for something as trivial as not wanting to kiss another man, you know? And so, yeah, it comes back to what you said about Shannon, the fact that she was willing to go for it.
0: Yeah, like, uh, and it's, um I was watching, like, a little, um there's a video where very popular actors talk about the process of acting, and uh, there was, I don't remember what guy it was, but he said, like, don't be afraid to show your true colors like show the ugly show the the happy mm-hmm. like be afraid like don't be afraid to go to these places because if you do it it's gonna uh, one it might benefit the movie and second the director is here to... To guide you in the right direction anyway. So if you do too much, he can tone it down. He can, or Mm. you can, he can push you to continue in that vein. It's like that's, that's what I feel like a good director is. Uh, And I'm again still learning about that. Um, It's just uh, he lets uh, the actors have room to work and let them do stuff because, uh, you know, uh, I like to quote a lot of your casting academy. It's uh, basically an actor room it's a situation room and Mm -hmm. um it's a room where stuff happens situations happen and like uh, let them have their situations and you as the director you're in charge of the story you're in charge of everything you're here to guide them through the promised land if you see you know
1: (laughs) and you know that that's a good segue because jason and i talk about this a lot too which is um are directors today actually directing or are they just saying action and cut? Because I, and look again, I was like that. I would, for a, you know, uh, for a while was like, I, w- I would, you know, say action, I'd say cut and I'd say, okay, that's great. And I would have maybe a note or two, like, uh, more angry, please. And it's like, you can't do that. You need like, something that opened my eyes recently was I did a film and the actor asked me a question and she 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 asked me lots of like I'm talking extremely in-depth questions about not only like the character's backstory but you know personality traits and like what does she mean to this person and and it was that process of Answering those questions with her, and then walking through what her mental headspace is, and why you know, you know, what their characters were doing, you know, for the last six months, and and stuff like that. I think that's very important when you're directing. I think you you need to you need to be able to sit you know sit down with the actor and give them as much backstory as you can in order to give them the headspace to give a good performance and i find that like lots of act lots lots of directors me included up until you know fairly recently
0: would be action cut great let's move on Mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's a totally it's more than that definitely like uh and i like that those are i feel like those are the best moments as a director when you sit down with your actors and try to to see like how they interpreted the text and how like the different opinions on, and just talking about it. But uh, sometimes, um, and sometimes like, uh, it didn't happen to me yet, but I feel like at some point it's gonna happen where I, I don't know where where it's gonna go and I'm letting the actor decide and then I'll see my opinion, okay. Okay, that's that's a very interesting approach to it. And maybe I'll go with it or maybe we'll use that to to fuel something else, you know? Well there is there's actually importance to
1: um, to collaboration. So that there there is a fine line of like, okay, because I, I think there is a really nice moment when you can have a collaboration and a conversation with the actors And you're just talking about the situation and you're like, well, and you know, actors can bring up, well, maybe this is why blah, blah, blah. And I think that, you know, being a good collaborator is also a really good, you know, a really good asset to being a good director, because sometimes this is one thing I've learned. Sometimes the thing that you want isn't always necessarily what's best for the project. So, you know, that's why, like you've been on a couple of my film sets and like, you know, it's, it's very collaborative when we have a problem to solve. We talk as a crew, like, okay, why is this happening? What are we going to do about it? What's the workaround for this? And like, I think that's a very important thing to do as well. Obviously know what you want and be clear in your vision, but sometimes there's moments when, yeah, someone, you know, some of the other people on, on set will bring something else that you didn't know the story Slash, you know, movie. Definitely, needed.
0: like uh, for the the short film I recently did called "Sorry, Gotta Go," it was uh, we shot yeah. from like seven to uh, um, like not even. We started at six. We finished around midnight to one o'clock in the morning. And the house that I was filming in it was my friend's house in Orleans and she couldn't concentrate on her studies while we were filming. So she literally, it was not like a threat or anything like that, she said, "Uh, I need you to be out by midnight because I can't do my stuff. So I was like, okay, well, what are we gonna do now? So I, I, just uh, out of instincts, like the last shot that we did for the movie, we all did it in like one take. Like <laughs> it was, uh, it was not like cut or anything. Different um, types of close-ups, any <laughs> different ca- camera yeah. angles. We did just did it with one shot, oh, the, and, it and it worked. And <laughs> it worked. It
2: was the hail
0: Mary winner.
1: <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was not what I wanted, but it worked. <laughs> that that is a
0: great example of yeah what I just talked about. It was like, yeah. Yeah, and even like in Screech, I was talking to uh this uh actress seagull that we had and I had to tell him, <laughs> "Jump around for me. Just <laughs> do it do what what makes you feel great. Just be yeah. a seagull, you know?" <laughs> I was going to say that at Kino. Yeah, we hired an actress seagull, guys. Um <laughs> Got a seagull <laughs> wrangler uh, on set. <laughs> the, um... So uh, I want to
2: ask Dimitri. So I, I get the feeling now, uh, over the course of your 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 journey, you're you're now more director, storyteller than actor. Is that is that safe to say?
0: Uh, um, le- really, I just uh, I just go with the flow, depending on the opportunity that is given to me. Uh, like right now, I am more aware of uh, how the business works, how the the filmmaking process is, um, and it's really, uh, it depends on what comes to me and what really I want to say in a way like if I have a a certain story that popped into my head I got super inspired and I want to do it uh, I trust my instincts and I go and do the the project and uh, if if Someone reaches out to me and wants me to do the project. I'm I'm gonna have this collaborator kind of feeling where I'm gonna look at the material that they give me and see if it appeals to me then uh I'm willing to help out. And this, what sucked to me once, there was a director that, that reached out to me and uh, he was looking for someone to, to play a character in a short film. Um, and he sent me the script and he told me, what do you think of the script? And I, I looked into it and I gave, and I told him, yeah, the script is good, but uh, there's this, this and that that uh, that didn't work. He didn't cast uh-huh. me. <laughs> Basically, what directors yeah. ask you these kind of things, I feel like they, they oh don't God. want your opinion.
2: Well, the, the,
0: I, I had a similar an conversation
2: answer. with someone at one point, and I'm like, "Well, do you want me to tell you what you, what you want to hear or my honest opinion?" Mm. And they're like, "Well, it's too late to change now, so your honest opinion." I'm like, "Well, one, it's never too late to change. Yeah. If it doesn't work, you stop and start over again." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, but yeah, no, that's uh, the thing. It's, it's it's a bit of a minefield because 95% of people who say they want feedback don't want
0: feedback. They want you They want you to tell them how good yeah, they are. Yeah, pretty much. And especially if they're, well, it depends on the timing of it. If they're like, uh, oh, I already have my crew and uh, my sets and stuff like that, and I'm ready to shoot. I just want your quick opinion on the script. Then they're not really going to care about it. They're just going to say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm... Yeah. I don't want your opinion right now. Like, oh my God, I'm, I'm already like mm-hmm. ready to go on production. I don't want to adjust anything. Well, let's just go. But if, uh, if it's like, oh, he's still writing it, then yeah, mm-hmm. the, then the, the feedback could be beneficial, you know? We've, uh, Julie and I have developed a process
2: now as far from the storytelling perspective of as we're developing a story, then we come up with storylines. Like once we've, once we've got the basics worked out, Okay, well, what are we gonna do here? Well, let's do this, and then we and then we basically tear an idea apart, and
1: yeah, yeah, we ask question after question because that way question. if it,
2: we can find out if an idea is just an idea we had or is it something that actually holds up, and we, we challenge it over and over again to make sure to make sure it can, it can take it can take a beating and, and still hand, still hold up.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's what happened with uh, when I was when I went to DG and I talked with Amir. He basically did that. He just asked me questions and he was like dismantling my idea here and there. But like, well, what's kind of sucked a bit, but because I was working on the script for since 2019, and then I got it in this uh, this format that I really liked, and I send it to script writing f- uh, festivals as well in order to potentially get it made. And as you saw on Facebook, I recently received an award from Tinf, of um, the jury award, even a screenplay under 30 pages. So and that's the thing, like when you get awards and laurels and the statues and stuff like that, it kind of clouds your judgment. I feel where you Mm -hmm. say, oh, this is great. This is great. I'm going to go do it now. But then other people are like, "Uh, dude this it sucks, sucks. <laughs> not that this sucks but like it, yeah. it needs some work it doesn't stand on its own right uh well no that, that that's a good point Dimitri, because
1: it, it, it look again coming from someone who has you know gone with the award route and all that it it gives you i'll call it a false sense of security cuz you're like oh i'm i'm an award winning director So, you know, you know, what I'm doing must be good. And it's like, not always like, look, that's not saying your thing isn't good, but, but awards. So surprisingly awards don't equal good. No. Yeah. And again, that, and that is not to say that whoever is writing something that if you win an award, it's not deserved. It's that's not what I'm saying. It's more, you just have to see these things for what they are and it's. Look, it 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 is a it's a you can use it as a motivator, like okay, I'm in the right direction mm-hmm. in what I'm doing, but you know when you're writing it, you need to. And again, this is something I used to do. I would write a draft, and then I'd be like, "Let's go film this thing," <laughs> and uh, you know it's like you can't do that. You you need to you need you, when you write it, you write it. And I'm really bad at this. this is why Jason and I work so well together because. I'm good at writing a first draft and he's good at revising. Oh, so that's nice. So I've never been good at revising. Yeah, I, when I write it, it's yeah, just I'm the way the... my mind works. I just, I write it and I move on. And it's because I just, yes, yeah, it's, it's like part of like with my ADHD brain. I, and be it's a mix of having ADHD and also being extremely creative and being extremely impulsive. Yeah. <laughs> um... I'm
2: I'm often jealous of Julian's ability to to come up with ideas and write, um, but that's different. That, that, and that's the team works yeah. because we're complementary. Because Julian's a writer, I'm a I'm an editor yeah. slash script doctor. Because I know I, I know structure, I know character arc, I know all the pieces yeah. that need to go where they're supposed to go. But to sit down and just write something, it's that's not me.
1: And and you know, I, literally last night Jason and I were talking about this, and it's like you can be a good writer. But still need that help just because like, look, writing something that needs more, like more work doesn't mean you're a bad writer. It just means that like, okay, you are imaginative. You're good at, you know, building emotion, you're good at storytelling and stuff like that. But sometimes a lot of times I'll say you, you do need that little push of like, look, a lot of these screenwriters in Hollywood, they have script doctors, They have Mm -hmm. someone behind the scenes that comes in and restructures things and makes their stories and, you know, their scripts more cohesive structurally.
0: Yeah, it's true. Like even, uh, I looked at a lot of Masterclass for some reason, but like it keeps bringing up to me, but I was watching the Steve Martin Uh, uh, masterclass on, like, comedy, and he he talked about his process of writing his own movie, and, like, he said that, like, he was getting frustrated because he would write something he thinks is good, and then people say, no, this is bad, write it again, and he's like, oh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He would just go back to it, it... and he wrote, like, I think 25 drafts of it.
2: This is is the paradox of, of being a filmmaker, especially at this level, because... So many of us are like, well, yeah, we watch movies. We've been watching movies all our lives. Of course we can write a movie. But but move but writing writing a movie and yeah, you have to understand this. Story structure is everything to writing a good script. And structure is scalable. The same structure that applies to a feature applies to a short. All these pieces need to be in there. But it's not as intuitive as you think. So when people write and it turns out not good, they're like, "Well, well, 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 what went wrong? Well, why isn't this? Why isn't this what it what it should be?"
0: Yeah, it's like, well, there's certain cases like you know, uh, The Room, where I'm sure you watched like The Disaster Artist and stuff like that. You, yeah, like it took us. Actually, I, I I read the book before the before the oh, movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, well it's just uh, well I just based myself on the movie itself it's just it took us it took him like 2 years to write that script and just watch the movie and you're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is but that's
2: the and this is this is a conversation we we've, we've had over over and over again of bad movies versus bad movies the room yeah and that's the yeah. thing
0: that i don't understand it's like i i, I have the movie network at, at mm-hmm. my place right and we get all kinds of movies like the new releases some movies that are pretty uh like three years older and stuff like yeah. that and there are some indie uh filmmakers that you watched your movies in a. And it's so bad. Like the camera, like the camera mm-hmm. is is uh, like it's recorded with a potato, <laughs> and the acting is cardboard, made out of cardboard boxes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and for some reason, it's on the movie network. How did that oh. work? <laughs> like a, it sucks. Good, you, you look well, at yourself and you're like, I work my ass off to make good stories, and this stuff pops up on my movie what? network
2: that's actually a distributor thing because they're like okay we have the rights to this movie you want but in order to get the movie you want you got to buy these eight other eight other movies
1: it's a there's a good point in that in that uh getting the getting yours either whether it's a script or whether it's a movie getting your movie sold to a distributor doesn't equal good and all it does is like look they'll, they'll plaster it on these streaming services But look, man, there are a lot of distributors that just pick up these things for the sake of picking it up. And then, honestly, it screws over the people that made the film almost always. This this is something that that is a big part of this, this podcast and this discussion is
2: why do we make films? Why do we choose to work in this medium that is one of the hardest, if not the most expensive to work in? Because as you said, you have to wear a lot of hats especially when we don't have a lot of help writer producer director actor editor sound mixer you you name it so what what draws you to filmmaking and and what keeps you working in this this most difficult of fields
0: yeah it's crazy like even uh producing is a whole other beast by itself like there's so many things to target if you want to like work on professional sets and stuff like that and And same thing for me. Like, well, so far I'm just producing my own stuff, but and just learning the in uh, the in and outs and stuff like that. But uh, like, there's still a lot of information that I don't know. Like in terms of what what is a tax credit? Like what is, uh, like um, you know, all this uh, uh, all these difficult words that you have to learn as a producer to to. To, to make your own movie and stuff, you know.
2: Yeah, no. I mean it it, it it's it's a lot. Um, but yeah, what's the what, what's the what's the appeal? What's what's the draw to you when when you could you could write novels or comics or graphic novels or poems or sing songs? What's Like why do you choose why, why this, you the, know? Uh,
0: well, again, because uh, it goes back to becomes it, it comes easy to me. I don't have to think about it and be well. Not think about it, it's just like uh, when, when you are in the process, it's a tedious process. You have to work hard and make sure, okay, this makes sense, this makes sense. It's just uh, the, the aspect of storytelling comes easy to me, as you know. Like uh, I talk a lot about my background, I talk a lot about different stories that happened to me that link to that same subject that we're talking about. And um, it, it comes easy to me. Like I was, um, I was reading a book uh, about Steve Harvey. Actually, uh, I uh, I really like his um, how he he wants to inspire people and stuff like that. And he wrote a book called "Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success." And he he talks about his journey in stand up, where he says, "Like I discovered that my gift is." uh making people laugh and just taking information interpreting it in a a way and just giving it out to the people to to do as they wish with it that that's his gift and i and i think that my gift is storytelling so that's why i want and it comes and the way you discover your gift as he says it's find the thing that you do the easiest without thinking about it and as i looked into perspective and stuff like that i think storytelling is my my gift so that's why i i want to try different mediums and see how it goes like through maybe novels maybe like so far i'm sticking with filmmaking uh, maybe down the line i'll target novels i'll target books i'll target other stuff but uh, it's um uh, again i have to it, it goes back to you, the filmmaking and acting is the primary uh, objective I want to focus on but in or but I have other stuff around it that uh, that I can try and see if I like it and if I, if I do then I have something else I can do. Uh, it adds more arrows in my quiver as James Lipton would graciously say you know <laughs> i'll
1: uh, <laughs> extend the question even a little bit further and i'll say it's a two two two, two part question mm-hmm. uh is there a movie that you saw at any age usually yeah. it's you know when you're a kid but is there a movie that you saw that made you say oh i want to do that
0: definitely all the spider-man movies (laughs) okay yeah spider-man 2 especially specifically i grew up with spider-man 2 and just all the action sequences all the backflips all the fighting Mm. scenes Mm -hmm. i was drawn to it same thing for zoro and just the the whole action scenes drawing the, the z with the sword and yeah my god this is and Uh, What I find appealing as well was uh, when I was watching cartoons and when I was watching movies and stuff was the relationships that appealed to me. Like there was uh, specifically there was one type of relationship where like uh, the, the girl gets kidnapped by the dragon and there's this guy that goes kills the dragon and saves her and there's this whole romantic like. He uh, like this whole romantic relationship that I saw time and time again through different mediums, through cartoons, through Mexican soap operas from the year two thousands. Like there like I was watching that. I was watching that at three years old, bro. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was
0: I was at my grand I was at my grandmother's place. I was watching like Pokemon and Arabic. And even in Pokemon, there's like relationships, um, romantic relationships, I would say, that would arise and just objective, like the hero has a goal that he needs to attain and just seeing this whole process. Same thing with Mexican soap operas. I'm really drawn into relationships and banter and like... You know, mm-hmm. I was watching some pretty steamy stuff back when I was like three <laughs> years old. Like yeah. p- people having sex in, under the water and stuff. And I was like, watching that at three <laughs> years old, I was like, huh, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't understand what I'm seeing. But yeah, I'm yeah. That, that, that was it. And also when I keep in mind uh, when I was in Lebanon, I didn't learn any English. Like I didn't understand any English okay. at all. So I was watching Cartoon Network and I was seeing the relationship that Powerpuff Girls had when they like they were facing a different type of enemy or cartoons. As long as there was action involved, I couldn't make out what was happening. So uh, it's really interesting for, like, someone who doesn't speak the language, mm. he sees something that speaks to him, yeah. you know? No, that's cool. Yeah, and I think that's what, like, uh, that. yeah, that's storytelling in itself. Like, uh, I grew up watching storytelling on mm. television in different types of mediums, and now it inspired me to, to write my own and create my own the, stories. So. The point of it is, though, is that you were
1: inspired by what you saw mm-hmm. and and it, it is what kind of was the 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 seed that was planted that got you to this point yeah so moving along in the vein of
2: of working where we work you know no budget micro 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 budget diy resource filmmaking whatever you want to call it what's What's the biggest challenge you faced either overall or on a specific
0: project Ooh, that's uh, that's a very good question actually <laughs> uh, and there's something that I'm I'm still dealing with um, nowadays I feel is um, one dealing with rejection but also dealing with uh, what people thought of my movie that was the the, the biggest challenge okay. for me was trying to make... Movies for other people to enjoy like trying to Make something that can relate to other people make them feel something either through my acting through My directing and stuff like that and it's it's hard because like sometimes I I recently did sorry gotta go Uh, I showed it to my parents and it's basically the relationship of a lesbian couple and My my family is Mm -hmm. really old-fashioned, you know Lib- uh, like they come from lebanon and they're not they're not used to that kind of thing so they felt really uncomfortable watching my my movie but i feel right. like in 2021 <laughs> like if i show it to someone else who are not my parents mm-hmm. that they, they might uh, there's a bigger mm-hmm. appeal there but there's something that and through the years i i understood um I tried to, and especially like Vincent Valentino, people like Vincent Valentino, people like Hayden Rose. Do you know Hayden? Uh, They they told me, like, seriously, dude, like, you could be happier if you just do the things that you want to do for you. And uh, it's just, it takes a lot of courage, uh, definitely. And uh, I'm... I'm slowly but shortly getting to that kind of vein where I want to do the things that I want I would like to do and Who cares what other people think you know that? Uh, you know Quentin Tarantino even said that there's a very famous quote about that It was like I make movies for me And I just hope that for the sake of this studio they pick it up, right? So I might I'm botching the quote I'm sure but um that's that's what it is especially because maybe because I'm I come from an acting background moving into directing and writing it's uh, as actors we we are in a very vulnerable place because we we are like on the screen we let ourselves be vulnerable for these people to make them feel to take them on a on a ride that's what that's what I see acting and filmmaking it's a very it's a roller coaster ride and those are the best rides to go on. Like when you see a movie and it's like a roller coaster of emotion, it's um, and, uh, you know you have something golden there, right? And uh, that, that's what it is, because I'm vulnerable, my ego is getting a little hurt with all the rejections from auditions and stuff like that. But through time, you build up a thicker skin, you trust yourself, you have more confidence in yourself. And you're more willing to take a leap of faith and no matter what comes your way you learn that that's why that's what I see it like the uh, life is just uh, a big you know guide kind of thing where you just learn as you well uh, my parents are trying to make sure that like I don't learn the hard way every time you know Uh, they would like me to be prepared beforehand for the things that come in life but sometimes the best way to learn something is through the hard way you fall on your face and you learn that's the best way to learn in my opinion so
2: it helps to have a leg up but yeah sometimes you just gotta learn the lessons on your own um now on the flip side what's been one of your better or best or experience or highlight something that something that you're like yeah this is this makes it Um,
0: worth it Well, what makes it all worth it was actually when I was still in university Mm -hmm. and uh, I know it's a little, uh, I'm not sure if it's the right thing to to go about it. But again, Mm -hmm. when we were speaking about uh, awards and things being a motivator. For that kind of thing, when I was still in university and we just finished uh, the silencer, yeah. And you, Julian, you started submitting to different types of film festivals, yeah. I was in my theater course of like, um, I think it was like Shakespeare meets Moliere and stuff. And then I receive a notification on my Facebook saying that I got nominated for an award at the Moscow Indie Film Festival yeah. for the silencer, and. And to be uh, like to me at that time, I didn't think in a million years I would win an award as an actor, mm-hmm. and it just it piped it piped me up. It said, "Okay, I'm." Well, uh, that was well deserved. Oh, thank you, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Uh, it means a lot to me. Oh, definitely. Si- 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 like it's
2: silencer is a standout. Like it is. Uh, it it's it it's a good yeah true first attempt by you, Julian, and and the casting, and you guys did. Uh, did a particularly effective job, and I, I and I didn't feel like you and Steve were mismatched. As oh, far really? Okay, oh, yeah, that's
0: good. That's good.
2: No, I, no, I fe- no, I felt, I yeah. felt like you guys could go totally ah, very, good. very easily. Good. Steve
0: is uh, is a very good actor. He's super badass. a Nice friend. He was willing to uh, to sit with me and just practice lines and just uh, like uh, he was involved. In, he was really into the process and just seeing him work uh was uh, very good uh, it was a blessing honestly he is just working a gem. the whole crew the whole team was just yeah. it was just a, such a vibe it was so nice the whole mm-hmm. process was so good yeah and everybody was so nice and we just had the atmosphere the good the best atmosphere to do our best work and you you see it uh, uh, well uh it, it was really really no, yeah. good no
2: it, it was great and so I'm, I'm glad that Julian ended up doing a remaster uh, just last year was it?
1: it was last year yeah
2: last year we kind of tri- trimmed it down a little bit and made it more focused and you know was able to clean
0: clean it's a noir film now yeah clean yeah.
2: You know, clean up some of the images clean yeah,
0: some of the... yeah that some. that's what I saw and it, it's way better yeah. than the first um, the first draft that we saw well, something okay I mean. so the, the okay so there's a reason why I did a remaster
1: and that is at some point uh, I guess YouTube compressed uh, the the original upload to the point where there was so much compression artifacts that it is literally looks like a, just a shambling mess and so yeah. and I don't know <laughs> when that happened because when we originally uploaded it it was fine so mm-hmm. uh, yeah so that so I realized that and there was a point where man like at some point, all of the footage was deleted, so I couldn't even do a remaster. And then Jason was looking through one of our hard drives at one point, and he found a a like folder, you know, hidden away in one of the folders, and it was, lo and behold, all the footage. Yeah, it was like, yeah, here's all. Hey, oh, here's all the footage
2: that you thought you lost.
1: Yeah, so I was like, oh my god, <laughs> and I did a remaster. Uh, unfortunately, cut out. Uh, I unfortunately cut out Danish uh, from the the version, but there is still footage there that I could make a little, mm. you know, yeah, it part it, two. It, but
2: it, it's more focused now.
1: Yeah, so. and, and and here's the thing, right? So uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago, Dimitri, you commented on one of Jason's pictures because you had the picture of the whiteboard. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, so there's a, uh-huh. the silencer vignette is, is something that we're you know we're exploring and it will we will likely bring in uh danish in for that uh and so yeah no i mean it's interesting how the film that got me into where i am now is you know still paying off in the sense that like yeah i still want to revisit that
0: yeah it's crazy and i feel like uh mm. since uh, to um, when you were asking jason what is the The best thing that came out out of like filmmaking for me was really like um like uh the defer like how can i explain it it's really um, when i know like for example for my music video that that i told you about the lebanese music video that made it on tv i felt like i just got an upgrade and it can only go we can only go up from there it's just it's like a sign telling me that you're doing great Come on, there's more things to come your way, right? So that that's what I feel like inspires me. And I know it's kind of cliche because, oh, uh, I just received this award for my my short film, but it was the first ever award that I got. Well, it's yeah. special. Yeah, it, it holds a special place yeah. in my heart. The same thing for exactly. when I was at the University of Ottawa and I got casted to play in my first ever uh, play with a professional actor in it on in, in and in a theater in canada like what what do you uh, like this is the best thing that that, that could happen especially for a theater student like uh, just being involved in the whole process having the chance to work with a professional um actor it's just it's uh, it's the best thing in the world man. nice um
2: before I move into the final three questions, Julian, do you have anything you want to uh, want to add? No, no, okay.
1: this has been going great, though. So, all
2: right. Uh, so, uh, Dimitri, are you familiar with the with imposter syndrome? The term imposter syndrome.
0: Um, uh, can you just explain it briefly to me?
2: Okay, so imposter syndrome is essentially it's a form of self sabotage where. Or other people call it uh, call it the mindset of upper limiting, where you're like, no, I'm 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 not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I don't deserve this, or I don't, I don't, I'm not good enough, so I don't deserve the recognition I'm getting. Is that?
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, yes. Uh, I I have uh, I keep dealing with it actually. Okay. And uh, it's uh, uh, and don't worry, I'm fine. I'm still sane, so it, it's all good. But it's just. Uh, because my mind runs at like 100,000 miles per hour. There's different thoughts coming in here and there. And like, um, and it's sometimes I, I j- like there's events that happen in my life, like rejection, like this and that, that tell me and my, that my brain tells me, oh, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. But I know that as time went on and I realized that I'm the type of person that is really hard on his self Um, Like uh, for me in my life right now, I'm trying to look for a genuine connection. I want to move on, but I forget that the the other stuff that I have in my life are really valuable, like Mm -hmm. my sisters. They keep telling me, like, look what you're doing. You're working. You have your own car. You like you're a successful filmmaker. Um, the script that you wrote just won an award. Uh, you got casted in a commercial in Toronto. Like those, it's just now I'm just um, and even Steve Harvey said about these things is like when you think you're not good enough, just think about the little things. Ask yourself, uh, do you like those little questions, and you see how grateful you are, like uh, how blessed you are in this world and. Um, yeah, if that answers the question. And uh, and also, yeah, it's just uh, basically in order for me to deal with this kind of thing because it's not like a one-time thing where I told myself in 2016 that I wasn't good enough and now I am. It's recurring. Every day, It's it shoots something at you. And uh, with time, like I said, you build a thicker skin. You're aware that those thoughts aren't real and that like... Uh, there's people around you that care about you to remind you that you are worth everything. Uh, you deserve everything, uh, all the best, and uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. That's basically it. No, oh, that's
2: that's that's good. The um, and we have asked you a bunch of questions, talked about a bunch of stuff. Here's the big, here's the biggest one. What didn't we ask you? What what? Is there a topic you wanna you wanna discuss briefly, or something you wanna say about the whole process?
0: Um, that's another good question. Um, let's see. Uh, it's um, no, I think we 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 talked a lot, and uh, it, we have we had a very genuine conversation about all the topics we discussed today, and I just want. Um, I hope that like I get to come back sometime, just uh, or you you prefer different guests on your podcast, or you would like people to come back and.
2: I suspect we're gonna have repeat, repeat uh, guests, wouldn't you say, Julian? Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, because I would love to come back and have these uh, wonderful conversations with uh, different people and you guys, and that uh, that would be super awesome. Uh, and I just want and I hope that uh, people had fun listening to us ramble and ramble on and on and uh, if we manage to inspire them in any way by all means uh, we're, well, we're here well, to help right
2: well that's that's the hope is because there's a lot of podcasts and you know videos and whatever about, about filmmaking and what are the challenges and you know, why do we do it and what do we hope for and, and so that's kind of the market we're going for the 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 larger, the larger filmmaking audience that is 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 at our level and it's like okay well i made some films they weren't what i wanted what what do i do now well what happens next i i made a film and won a festival but nothing happened what happens next what do i do yeah
0: that that's what i that's what i'm saying to myself too well what is okay that happened where do we go from there because the thing that i hate the most is just staying in one place and seeing everybody doing other stuff and like moving on with their lives and i'm still at that place you know i want to it can be very frustrating Mm -hmm. it can be a downward spiral even for some
1: people for a lot of people
0: yeah definitely like uh eventually like um uh, it depends really on your goal because some people here in the Ottawa filmmakers community they just want to do films because it makes them happy it's their therapy yeah some people they want to make a career out of it it really depends on your goal and there was um, when, before I, I was starting taking acting classes in different studios, I was, um, I went once for a four week class in Toronto, uh, uh, at the Alza acting studio. It's run by an, an actor, Latino Canadian named Walter Alza. And he was in the, the movie, get rich or die trying with 50 cent. And okay. um, yeah, I'm doing some promotion for you, Walter, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, with Walter Alza, I just saw him once in the whole four weeks, and he told me, uh, and he said to everybody, "If you have a goal in mind, make a plan, go to work." And um, that's it. Still stucks with it's Still like stuck with me ever since because I have a I have a plan. I want to make this passion a career and. Hopefully, uh, like making it, uh, you know, successful and just that that's what I want to do. I want to be able to maybe down the line, have my own production company, doing my own movies or uh, people reaching out to me for their different projects and making movies for a living. That's what I want to do and uh, acting as well. So that's the goal I have in mind. And. I would like to make it happen. And there's even another quote, um, actually from Mandy Patinkin, that I watched uh, one of his, um, there was a video about like Emmy winning artists talking about the process of acting. And he says that uh, the gift, uh, that's the gift of life is to try things. And whether you succeed or you don't just be glad that you were uh, like courageous enough to try, you know. And that's what I wanna do. That I wanna to try to make this work.
2: No, that's good. I mean and that's the thing making the effort is, is, is super important because sometimes it doesn't matter whether you whether you succeed or failed. It's it's the effort that that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, it's the journey. Essentially. And, you know, the the people you meet along the way, the lessons you learn along the way. But uh, hopefully you continue to do this and get everything out of it that you want.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I thank you so much, guys, for uh, welcoming me on this podcast. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Break a leg for all your future projects. And I hope I get the chance to, to work with you guys again. Oh,
2: definitely. And I have one last question, the thing that we keep forgetting. Of course. The thing we keep forgetting to ask all our guests. Where can, <laughs> where can people find you in your movies, like socials and, and whatnot?
0: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at Abu Perfect. Uh Even uh, on uh, Vimeo, I have my, I'm pretty sure I have my full name there. Uh, I have my, uh, some of the YouTube videos I did. I did like, I did a parody of the Def Jam, Fight for New York, the, the, the video yeah. game. Uh, I yeah. did that and uh, I did my other short films you can find there um my facebook page i don't post on it as uh often as i should but um yeah you can follow me there as well it's the same thing at abu acting on facebook at abu acting on instagram i have a vimeo account as well so feel free to follow me We'd like to thank
1: Dimitri abdul for coming on the show and sharing his story. If you want to follow up with anything we discussed on the episode, all the appropriate links are in the show notes. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at AIFpodcasting or email us with questions or topic suggestions at info at adventuresinfilmmaking.ca. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time.